Warning, this episode contains foul language, frightening sound effects, and hard truths. Listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week, we sit down with a very special guest and we talk about something weird. (laughs) But as you well know by now, in this safer at home time, we are not meeting with special guests and we are not even meeting with each other. We are recording from across the city and trying to stay as safe and healthy as possible. After a brief hiatus last week to unplug and honor Blackout Tuesday in hopes to amplify black voices, we are back with you tonight. It's just the good old two of us on today's episode, and we thought it would be a perfect time to bring you one of our absolute favorite series, Listener Ghost Stories! This is where you, the listeners, write into us with your tales of ghosts, murderers, aliens, time travel, and whatever other bizarre happenings come your way. We love diving into your spooky lives, and we hope this episode can bring a little light to everyone's week. My name is Lauren, and this is my lovely co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. Hello. We're back. Your voice is back on the show. Yes. I'm so happy to be back. Even though Joe did a wonderful job. I'm he very really happy did. to have my voice here. He was yeah, you, lovely. You missed one week, but we didn't record last week. So I haven't talked to you in like almost three weeks. I know. That's Just why during our wild. sound check, we had so much catching up to do. Yeah, and our couldn't sound stop check talking. was half an hour long. <laughs> so we were like, wait, I miss you. I have things to say to you. It's been I have a to minute. tell you everything I've watched on TV for the past three weeks. All my television shows and what I had for dinner. All <laughs> and how much gas we have. Uh, yeah. But I'm very happy to be back. Yes, I'm happy to have you. Before we get into it, though, before we get started, we did want to chat for a minute about this past week's events. I'm sure that it's something that you've all been engulfed in and need a break from. So we're not going to dwell on it, but it is absolutely important. And it isn't something that we should soon forget or move on from um, as uncomfortable as it is. So like Lauren said earlier, last week we participated in podcast blackout. Um, It was almost cheating because we planned not to release an episode anyway, but we also blacked out from social media. And essentially what that was was a way to free up space for much more important information uh, to come through. And also we used that time to kind of guide you guys towards some creators and podcasts made by people of color. So... We kind of both wanted to say a couple things, and I actually sat down to write out what I wanted to say about this, and I ended up with three full pages of notes. Um, Oh, my goodness. And the thing is, is like, that's not why we're here today recording, but it's also like I feel conflicted not sharing my thoughts. So maybe I'll post a blog or something, or maybe we can record our own statements and make it a separate episode, like a separate thing. But what I will say is that keep it weird. Ashley and Lauren fully supports Black Lives Matter. Fully. Yes. There's no question. Um, The fact that this is even a political statement is like kind of soul crushing. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. 
this Agreed. transcends politics. And like right now we are experiencing a major part of history being written and it may seem severe to some people and it may seem extreme to some people, but the marches for women's liberation and the Stonewall riots also ruffled a lot of feathers at the time. Mm-hmm. But because of them, women have the right to work and vote and the LGBTQA community has the right to be out and proud and marry and have a family. So that's right. Sometimes we have to burn things down to build stuff back up. You have to make a little noise to make some change. Yeah. And you actually got to go to some of the protests. I did. Um, We went to a protest on Saturday this past weekend. And to be honest, we felt weird about it because we were going to a protest that was advertised as a family-friendly protest and... We did that because we wanted to know other kids were going to be there and that it would feel safe, which that just felt so privileged because, you know, there's people who are out there standing at the front lines and putting themselves at risk because they want change and they're marching because they care that much and they know that there's a risk of violence or chaos breaking out, but they don't care because it is time for a change and it's worth the march. So we were feeling a little lame about that and thought like maybe we're just going to this really quiet protest and who is even going to care. But we arrive at the meeting point, which is a park in our city where we live. It was really close by. We got to walk there and there were thousands of people in our head. We thought it was just going to be maybe a couple of hundred. It was going to be people with their strollers, really quiet. Like, will anyone even know we're there? It is thousands upon thousands of people. It's adults who don't have kids, but also combined with a bunch of us who had our strollers and our kids and their carriers on the body. And some of the kids were old enough to walk and hold their own signs, which melted my heart into a million pieces. I was going to say, that's adorable. (laughs) Um, And just like every race was there, like everybody came out. Like it just felt like the city of LA really came out this weekend. I mean, there's pictures everywhere of the protests all over the city and especially the one in Hollywood that just had amazing numbers. But we were just so happy that we weren't a part of this little quiet hundred person protest in a park. It was thousands of people. We heard some speakers in the park who were wonderful because the reason this was called a family protest was they wanted to have some speakers talk to parents about how to raise their kids, you know, in a world where racism doesn't have to be the end all be all, you know, like here are some conversations you can have with your kids. Here are some tools we can give you to have good, solid conversations with your kids and never give them a reason to have hatred in their heart. So that was amazing and inspiring to have that to kick things off in the park. And then we marched all through the city went, I think it was about a two mile walk. We had a silent kneeling um, protest for the eight minutes and 46 seconds, the same time that George Floyd was down, which was very powerful, very emotional, cried like a baby. And then we all marched back and it it was just amazing. I don't want to go on too long on that, but I just, I wanted to share because we were so, we were just both in awe and emotional the entire day because we couldn't believe how many people came out for it. We, I'm still having to social, social distance. I'm getting so tired of saying that word, but I probably right. will have to for the next year, which is kind of a bummer, but we've, yeah. uh, we've, NoHo finally started getting some, uh, oh, some protests and marches so we were able to go over and i was able to stand on the other side of the street <laughs> and oh, like I love that. cheer on the march as they walk yes. by yes you got out there That's uh, yeah i just i can't be that close you have to, to people. be safe i'm gonna yes I, i'll die so um no, it's a good call 
But no, I, I was reading something earlier because I know there are people who, especially right now, especially with like COVID and stuff, who do feel so guilty for not getting out there. And I've shared posts like this before and I've told people this before. Like there are so many other things you can do. Like you don't have to be marching through the streets. There's places that you can donate to. There's even places, um, and I'm going to share, I mean, actually, if you go to our Instagram in our bio, the link in our bio will take you to places that'll say like how to donate to Black Lives Matter if you don't even have any money. There are things that you can do where you can like share a video because Mm -hmm. like the amount of clicks that video gets will give them money. You know what I mean? So like there are ways that you can support them even if you don't have any money. So like we were donating and we were actually we had a couple friends at protests that we were Joe and I were here and we were like watching um, like our citizen app and we were like watching the police scanner um, Mm -hmm. Twitter's. So as soon as they said like backup has been called to so and so area, Joe and I would call our friends that were at that protest saying like backups coming to you guys. We don't know what's going on, but like either leave or like prepare for bad things right. to happen which is so helpful in itself because yeah. some people feel like they're getting ambushed so having you to be the eyes and ears is really great and at least like spread the word to the people around them because there might be people yeah. who like have to get out of there so of course yeah so yeah just keep doing what you can i mean one more thing that i wanted to add like something that we me and lauren want to offer you guys is so there's a lot of confusing lingo out there Um, And we're happy to help clear it up for you if you are ever curious. I know sometimes you feel kind of stupid. I just know this because people have literally written in and been like, I feel stupid. Can you help me understand this? There's no reason to feel stupid because the thing is the language of this stuff like really doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it does help to understand it. So I'll give an example. Obviously, Black Lives Matter. So... I saw a really great explanation for Black Lives Matter the other day, and I wanted to share it. I'm sure you've seen this, but this is kind of for anyone who responds with, well, all lives matter. Like, I don't understand why we say Black Lives Matter. And the thing is, is that, like, no one said that all lives didn't matter. Right. But let's say that your house is on fire and the fire department shows up to put out that fire and save your house. But your neighbor starts shouting, all houses matter, and demands that they hose down his house. But no one said his house didn't matter, but his house wasn't on fire at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what's happening right now. Like, you know, statistically, black people in this country are poorer. Um, Uh And this is coming from the Federal Reserve, um, their calculations. This isn't an opinion piece. The Federal Reserve calculates that on average, black families have 10 cents to every white family's dollar. And this is for a lot of reasons. It's not necessarily they get paid less, but one of those reasons being that a lot of their families have not had the advantage of familial wealth. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean money or land passed down from generation to generation. A lot of the times they don't get anything from right. their parents because their parents got nothing from their parents and so on and so forth. Right. Um, black people are killed 2.8 times more by police than white people. And 14% of them are unarmed compared to white people's 8%. Mm. A lot of black people get a worse education because of school funding in poorer districts. So this isn't an opinion. Like, these are statistics. So by saying Black Lives Matter, you are saying to them, I hear you and you do matter to us. Mm -hmm. And if you respond with All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter, which isn't a thing because cops aren't a race, 
you are pretending that those numbers are opinions and once again putting them aside and like right now they deserve our focus like they deserve for us to help put out the fire so just tell them they matter like that's all anyone is asking is that you acknowledge that they matter and that you would care if something happened to them and if you don't that's a whole other issue like that you're you know you're racist but like yeah if you're just one of those people it's like i'm not a racist but i don't understand why this is why so we're happy to clear up for you what people mean when they say things like defund or abolish the police we're happy to explain to you what um all cops are bad means Mm -hmm. seriously if you want to send us a question about any of this about anything that's going on we're happy to take the time to discuss it with you answer some of your questions and if we don't know I don't mind, like, if you ask me a question that I don't know, I'm automatically a curious person who's going to go figure it out anyway. Right. So I will do that and I will come back to you. So, I mean, the great thing is there are so many videos out there that dumb it down. And that's like the best way to say it. They really dumb it down. And I have needed some of that. Like some of the stats you were just throwing out, I saw all of those in a video called Systemic Racism for Dummies. And I honestly had to watch it, even though like that title is kind of funny and like Mm -hmm. pointing to that I'm an idiot like the video was so helpful because I truly didn't know how far back everything went and why it is so hard for black people to have a chance in this country and it it just explained it so well so it's like that's a perfect example if you guys come to us and need something explained there are these wonderful videos out that spell it out in the best way possible yeah like we will help you to understand we'll both talk with you and send you helpful links because I have had to watch some of them too and Yeah, we're happy to have the conversation with you. It's important right now to acknowledge and let the Black community know that we do care. And of course, all lives matter. No one ever said they didn't. But we need to let them know that we care right now. Mm -hmm. Because that that's where the focus is right now. Like, sorry, put yourself in the backseat. We're focusing on the black community right now yeah and once the day comes that they are equal because I do believe that's going to happen and you can't say that they are because I mean, there's just too much evidence to the contrary. And again, not opinions. There are statistics like it it is a thing that's happening and we have to acknowledge it and we have to. And once they are equal, you know, then we can, I don't know, focus on bringing our racist statues back. But (laughs) until then, (laughs) like, can we can we we focus people? Yes, exactly. You know, Lauren and I, we lost followers because of our stance and we unfollowed people because of our stance. And Mm -hmm. we're actually in a situation right now with a huge opportunity that could be lost by speaking our minds on anything. But none of that is more important than standing up for what is right. So agreed. We're not political a lot of the time. So yeah. You know, you can stick around, but this is a uh this is a moment where we have to use our voice and our platform for the right thing. This isn't and like Ashley said at the beginning, this isn't political. This is just life. Yeah, I and can't believe that this has become political. It blows my mind. It's insane. Oy. But anyway, I'm glad we were able to get that out and I hope we can be a helpful resource for you guys. Yeah. Happy to help. Always. Always happy to answer emails. What else am I doing? <laughs> what else do we have to what do? What else do we have to do right now? 
Oh, speaking of which, I guess I also have to say, like, fuck Garcetti. I said so many nice things about him on the podcast since oh COVID gosh, started. Yeah. And we now praising him. I hate him. I yeah. think he is he, the devil. I had no idea. He made some horrible decisions last horrible. week. Horrible. And not even just with the protesting. Um, I mean, he went from... When we reopen, we're going to do it safely. We're going to listen to science. We're going to do it incrementally. Everything is open now. And it, right. it, it doesn't even make sense. It's like you have to wear masks no matter where you go. Also, restaurants are open. It's like, how do you wear a mask and eat? Right. I need to take my mask off to put food yeah. in my face. Like, and I now, truly don't understand. <laughs> now they're allowing, uh, you know, uh, TV, movie and movies and television to start filming again it's like oh the actor's gonna wear masks while they act are they gonna wear masks for every scene so is that a thing are they not gonna do their their intimate scene together like it's it's insane (sighs) yeah so that's fuck him i I take back every nice thing i said about him on the show i yeah i don't care if that's petty with him now no it's i agree with you because in the beginning i thought he was handling things so well and now it feels like he has just turned on us all yeah it just feels like he i don't know got too much pressure and was like just kidding we don't care i finally decided (laughs) like once the government starts opening their doors i'll open mine (laughs) that's fair i like it because they're like open back up it's fine no government no 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 no. our buildings are closed you can't come in here like, We're oh, still no, no, gonna stay I'm safe. not gonna Who come outside then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming out there. Okay, we yeah, should get into it. That's a great idea. Okay, yes. So <laughs> first, um, uh, how great did Joe do at his first paranormal investigation? Dude, I was so proud of him. Like he he really stood his ground. He wasn't the nervous Nelly that I thought he was gonna be. There were a couple times where his voice got a little shaky and I could sense that he was nervous, but he was nowhere near where I thought he was going to be. I thought he was really going to struggle through and he seemed very brave, very on top of it. I liked a lot of the questions that he was asking during the ghost box session. I thought he felt like a natural. He did. And he, I, I was just so, I didn't have to like threaten him. I wasn't like, you have to take this seriously. I didn't like have a talk with him. I was just like, I kind of told him how it goes. I told him that it's yeah. boring most of the time. And I, right. you know, and I explained like what each, you know, device did. And I explained it all, but I, I didn't even have to say like, be serious. Uh, he totally took it seriously. He it was, was so into it. I love it. I think he I he can come on all of our investigations. He is officially invited because I think he will do a great job. There's a couple of places where like a bodyguard might be nice. <laughs> yes, I know. Might also, we nice might just feel very happy and safe with his company. But no, I thought he did such a great job. Honestly, it's like I've texted you this before. The only thing I didn't enjoy about the episode was that I didn't get to be there. I was just filled with envy and jealousy the entire time because I would have loved to see his facial expressions and be in your apartment and also experience Goob being the goobiest of the goobs. Um, Yeah, I was just sad that I wasn't there because it sounded like an absolute blast. But Congrats to Joe and congrats to you. It was such a great episode. I loved it. Thank you. Something actually happened that week and I can't remember like in between when we recorded and when the episode aired or if it was the day after the episode came out, but it was that week at some point. Either way, Joe and I were sitting on the couch and we were like 
I don't know, like a foot and a half, maybe two feet apart from each other. And mm-hmm. he was looking, it's daytime, like it's not a spooky moment, it's daytime, middle of the day. He's looking at his phone and I'm on my computer and I heard him let out like a really loud sigh. So, yeah, you told yeah so I turned to him and I was like, what? Like, Jesus, like that was so dramatic. And he turned to me and he's like, what? And then he paused and then he said, you were the one that sighed. Oh, God. And I was gosh. like, uh, no, I 100% wasn't you were the one that sighed and he was like i absolutely did not sigh so something in between us did i guess sigh oh something sighed on your couch and i don't want to know what it was (laughs) it was kind of why i mean i literally like thought it was him and he said he thought it was me and i know i what didn't sigh it was just a really weird moment so goodness lesson our god stars yes i'm so excited (laughs) these are the best It has been a while. I love it. And I feel like this will bring a little bit of light to the week. People need this episode, you know? People need the ghosts. I actually kind of curated my stories today, uh, which is exciting. As you guys know. Dang, girl. I know. So it started by accident, and then I was like, I'm going to keep this up. So I usually get my real-life scary stories from Reddit, and I'm going to hop right back up on my soapbox for just a second and say, always get permission to tell other people's stories, and I know that they're on a public forum and it's not illegal to steal their stories, but it does make you an asshole. I'm so tired yes. of seeing podcasts and YouTube channels steal these people's personal stories. It drives me crazy. I know. So don't do that. Agreed. But this time, every single story that I picked is related to something that we've talked about on the podcast before. So <gasps> I thought that was kind of fun. Okay. My first story today comes from Ian, who I met on Reddit. And if you ever want to look him up, he goes by the Reddit username Mr. Smithster. Which I really okay. enjoy. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> These people's Hi, names Ian. are the best. Hi, Ian. This story is kind of a sad one, but it's really good. Ian says, My grandfather passed away several years ago after many years of dialysis. As he aged, we were told his treatment wouldn't last forever and become less effective, and they would have to stop it eventually. He was 83 when he passed. Always fit and healthy, and the dialysis kept him going a good few years. He was unwell, and he was taken to the hospital. His dialysis was stopped, and we were told it would probably be around 48 to 72 hours until he passed. So all the family made our way to the hospital and stayed in the room with him as much as we could. They made him comfortable, and they were supplying him with drugs to make sure that he wasn't in pain. As he neared the end, he was in and out of a lucid state. Most of the time in a slumber, almost living memories out, like mumbling and muttering. Uh If he woke up, he would stare, transfixed at a point on the ceiling, talking to God only knew who, as clear as day, and then he would drift off again. And this happened all through the night. Moments before he passed, he sat up, staring at this point on the ceiling, talking clearer than he had for the time we were there, holding my grandmother's hand, And he turned to her, and he looks her dead in the eyes, and he says that they are asking him if he wants to take a message over to anyone. Was there anything she wanted to say to anyone? And my grandmother was kind of shocked, and she said there wasn't. So he laid back down, closed his eyes, and passed peacefully right then. Oh my gosh. The whole room was silent, and every single hair on my body stood on end. I'm not religious, but I felt I should go straight to church and start praying or something. Yeah, seriously. Make right with the Lord. Right? 
do your penance. My mother, who has been a nurse all her life, many years caring for the elderly, told me that when a lot of people die, they focus on a point on the ceiling and talk to whatever is there. Her telling me that didn't help at all. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. This type oh of story, God. you know, we've heard this type many times before. Yeah. On the podcast, a ton of nurses report this very thing. I was going to say it's usually nurses walking in mm-hmm. and seeing people like right before their yeah. life comes to an end. And not always the elderly, sometimes the sick or the injured when they're dying. Right. I don't know if you remember one of our Earlier listener ghost stories episodes had a story about a nurse who said that her patient was telling her to keep the little girl away from the glass of water so she didn't knock it over. And before she knew it, the glass fell to the floor and shattered. I think about that story all the time. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, I'm actually going to share a link with you guys in our new Facebook group. We forgot to mention we have a new Facebook group. (gasps) Yes, you guys were so excited about it because we realized this is the best way to communicate with you guys more than the Facebook page that we had that did not get much action. So we're very pumped. Yeah, we I mean, our Facebook page is great. You guys tag us and stuff, which please don't ever stop. We see everything. Oh, yeah, we love it. But we never created a Facebook group for some reason. The difference now is that you guys are actually going to be able to post in the group too. So you can share new true crime news or maybe start a convo about a topic that we've covered or even a topic we haven't covered that you'd like us to cover. I'm actually going to be posting there each week after the latest episode is published so that you guys can discuss with us and more importantly with each other. Um, I can't count how many times we've heard from you guys that you love our show because you don't have anyone to talk to about weird stuff. And now you do. No excuses. This is the perfect chance. (laughs) You have other weirdos that you can talk all dang day with. So this is going to be so fun. Yeah. Not even just like, you know, I just like to have a little community for you guys. Like so many of you are students who might go to the same school or your moms who can share advice with other moms or musicians who want to find new music. Hook up with each other. Yeah. Talk to each other. This is the time. This is a great community, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. And it's so cute. Even the post you made the other day just saying, like, how is everybody doing? So many responses came through, and everyone just wanted to chat, like, hey, I'm going through this weird thing right now. How are you guys doing? And it opened up just a sweet little conversation of how we were all trying to get through, you know, a really hard, heavy week. So I even thought that small gesture was so cool. Yeah, I I'm excited to it. see more. Yeah, you're all so important and special to us, and we love it if you guys had a relationship with each other, too. So anyway, I'm going to share a Reddit thread that is all stories from doctors and nurses who have had paranormal experiences while at work. So I think you guys will really enjoy those spooky tales. Love it. But thank you, Ian. That story was very sweet, and I'm sorry you lost your grandpa. Yeah, sorry to hear that, but that was a really great story. We really loved it. So sweet. I have a story from our listener, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for writing in, Jamie. And she apologized at the beginning saying this is a little disjointed. It's kind of just an overview of all of her paranormal activity through her life, but she summarized it very well. She apologized for it being disjointed, but I was like, it feels chronological. It feels great. But this isn't necessarily just one story. It's kind of just what she's seen in her life in her parents' home, which is all very interesting to me. So she wrote in and said, sup, my dudes, which I already love the intro. And then says, okay, so just a little backstory. 
Growing up, I've always had strange experiences. For starters, I've always been someone who could really feel other people's energy or an energy in a room. It's been like this since I was a kid, and I was always afraid to be alone because of it. So for example, as a kid, I would always hear a woman calling my name. I thought it was my mom, and when I'd ask her if she had called me, she would look at me wide-eyed and say, uh, no. My mom would just stare at me and say, Jamie, I think you're hearing ghosts. And she very much believed in ghosts and the spiritual world, so she would say this to me all of the time. I slept in my parents' room until I was 12 because I had extreme anxiety when it came to the dark and sleeping alone. My mom said I would always scream out for help in my sleep, and she wondered if I was seeing things in my room. I'm also a terrible sleeper. I talk in my sleep, I sleepwalk, I have night terrors. Sometimes I'll just wake up in different rooms of the house or I'll be standing over my mom in her bed and I'll have no idea how I got there or what I was doing, which I just have to pause and say, this is why I'm terrified of having a child (laughs) is for this very reason that I'm going to open my eyes at three in the morning and Wilder's just going to be standing over me with dead eyes (laughs) and he'll be fast asleep and I'll have to try and wake him up and he's gonna look creepy f so really excited about that um and she says but my night terrors are the most common they're always about bugs and I know how I react to night terrors because I've been getting them for so long in my life so I know that the few times I've woken up with a person standing over me I knew in that moment that it was not a night terror The first time this happened was when I was in middle school. I had a bunk bed. I don't know why, because I slept alone and my sister had her own room, but I liked to sleep on the top bunk. One early morning, I woke up and saw my door was open and the hall light was on, and there was a person standing right next to my bed. And since I'm on the top bunk, they were eye level with me, just staring at me. When I noticed them, I was super chill and calm, which is also why I know this wasn't a night terror, and I thought it was just my sister being an asshole and trying to scare me. This person was very light-skinned and had shoulder-length dark brown-black hair. It looked just like my sister. So I rolled over, I went back to bed, super satisfied that I didn't give her the satisfaction of scaring me. When I woke up later, I asked my sister why she was in my room. She looked at me and said, um, I wasn't in your room. Kept insisting she was, in fact, in my room, but she denied, denied, denied. So I asked my mom if it was maybe her since my door was open and the hall light was on. But she also said no. I knew someone had come in my room, but she denied, said it wasn't her, and gave me that knowing look she always gives when she knows I've seen a ghost. It didn't happen again until I was in college. I woke up one night to see a person, once again, pale skin, stringy, dark, shoulder-length hair, staring at me. I remember being scared, and all my grown adult ass could think to do was pull the covers over my head until they went away. (laughs) That's the only defense. It is. It's the only way away. Then, about six months ago, I woke up to the feeling of my mattress dipping. Now, you have to know, my mattress is firm af, she says. Like, it takes a lot of pressure to make an impression in my mattress. So when it dipped so much that it woke me up, I knew something was up, and I jumped out of bed immediately and ran to my bathroom for safety. But as I was running, I felt something push against my shoulders and hold me back, like something strong. I really had to struggle to get past whatever force was holding me back, and when I finally got free, I ran to the bathroom, sat inside confused as hell, and scared shitless. I eventually worked up the courage to go back to my bed, and when I did, I felt nothing in the room. I somehow managed to go back to sleep. All of this has been happening in my parents' house that they've owned since the 80s, and apparently it was built in the 60s and only had one previous owner. No one has died in the house, so I don't know what's up with this damn house, and maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> That's how she ended it. Wow. <clears throat> I know. Well, I was like, you've had a journey, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, Jamie. 
Well, the thing is, too, is that, you know, I we built our house that I grew up in and there was that little girl there. So, yeah, I, I thought I of you. Know. I don't know. You still had a little could girl. Could be the land. Um, could be you. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. It absolutely, sorry to say, Jamie, it absolutely could, could be, be you. you. We have learned that, like, sometimes people are followed by things. I think Ashley is a prime example of that. I absolutely think things have stuck with you when you agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, um, yeah, it could be the land before the house was built. Mm-hmm. It could even be the neighbor. Like, we've also True, heard stories yeah. of something crazy goes on at a neighbor's house and somehow something drifts over yeah. to your um, house and some sounds happen as well. Our so. New York episode, there was that one uh, apartment building that was so haunted. Yes. The building was so haunted and it's New York. So the, you know, the alley is only a couple feet uh, wide right. and the literally it was so haunted that the building next to it started <laughs> getting haunted. Right. Things were wandering yeah. across the alley. So Crazy. yeah, you need to talk to some neighbors and be like, yo, are you in charge of this? <laughs> It can also have something to do with the 37th parallel. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you live on the 37th parallel, but there are just places in the world. Alton, Illinois is one of them, you know, that just have a concentrated amount of weird things happening. 100%. So. But my favorite part of the story is how supportive your mom is. I love that every time she's, I'm imagining, I have no idea if your mom wears glasses, but in my head, I'm imagining she looks, she pulls her glasses down to the edge of her nose, looks over them, gives that mom look where she's looking over the lenses of her glasses, and she's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. You're imagining a cartoon. You're imagining a mother from a cartoon. Imagining a cartoon, yes. Pulling down the glasses, looking over them and saying, "Mm -hmm." it's that ghost again, girl. Yeah, there's a lot of really (laughs) great um, acting tricks that you can do with glasses. Sunglasses especially. Putting them on. Oh, yes. Putting them on is good. Taking them off when you're surprised. Taking them off and putting them in your mouth if you want to be a little saucy. It's a good prop. Just saying. Just saying. (laughs) Great prop. Great prop. Um, but love that story. Me and too. there's definitely some going on in that house. My goodness. I'm glad you're okay. I almost wish that we could give ghosts haircuts because the hair, <laughs> <laughs> like long. Like why the streamy, stringy long, hair. dark hair? It's like like oh, are we shit. Samara from the ring? Right? Everybody's just really trying to be Samara in this day and age. And it's getting real old. Anyway. My next story is from Reddit user Iffy Carp. Iffy Carp? Iffy Carp, and that's I-F-F-Y-K-A-R-P, and it's short and sweet, but I do want to apologize to Lauren ahead of time. Uh, Why? I'm upset. Iffy Carp says, when I was about eight or so, my family went up to a campsite near a lake. We went, yeah, I know. You should have known. First line. We went with several other families and they brought their kids too. One thing me and this kid would do is search the shallow areas for crawdads. As I was searching, I began to venture a ways out until the water was up to my waist. The water wasn't super clear, but it also wasn't muddy, so I could see the pale area of the shallows and the darker area where the water dropped off, but I didn't know that like at the time. I found that out later. So I ended up stepping into the darker, deeper water and began to fall in. But before I could fall too far, a pale, slender arm grabbed my leg and pushed me back to the shallows. 
All I saw was the arm as it sunk back into the deeper water before I skittered back to the shore. I remember it clear as day, but nothing has ever turned up from that lake. No bodies, no drownings, nothing. And my parents still think I made it up. That's the end of the story. It's very short, but still. Um, Oh, no. I wish we had a visual of each other right now because my jaw was on my (laughs) dining room table the entire time. My eyes went crossed at one point because I cannot even imagine what I would do in that situation. I feel like I would probably just try to let myself drown because I wouldn't want to go on anymore after an experience like that. But this basically combines my two biggest fears, that something in the water would grab me, mm-hmm. and also that Slender Man is out there and trying to kill me. So, If you read this stuff, like, it's a very sweet story. Like, this, ar- this whatever it was, saved this person. But yeah. I'm still like, you know what? <laughs> no. Nope. Go to hell, arm. <laughs> like, Actually, you're not wrong. So like, it was, it was helping her, and you're 100% <laughs> right, but I'm still so angry. <laughs> and I don't like it so like it one bit the people in the comments had theories which i love and one of the theories that um, people had were water spirits or river spirits which pretty much have been legends since the beginning of time you know i think the most recent one is uh la llorona and uh uh, spanish legend is it spanish or mexican it's mexican isn't it i believe it's mexican i think it's mexican la llorona yeah so La Llorona is one of them. Slavic mythology had the Rusalka, which were oh. believed to be the souls of murdered young women who died in or near lakes that wanted revenge. Oh, well. Okay. Which is like I get tight. It. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> European myths had water elementals and nymphs. Uh, one of them, the Naiad, for example, they were bound to a lot of water like fountains wells springs brooks rivers marshes ponds and lagoons so basically everything except for the ocean and puddles and if their body of water dried up they would die with it so they were like one of the first climate conservationists in history it seems they're like please let my body of water stay yes you have to protect these bodies of water because if not you're you're gonna lose these these fae these fairies yeah so just like our mythological creatures episode discussing mermaids history can't really decide if those nymphs would lure men to their deaths with their beauty or if they would help sailors survive storms so maybe it depended on the person did you ever think of that Oh, my God. If you think of it, like, maybe maybe the reason we have such conflicting evidence is because assholes got lured to their deaths and uh-huh. men with good souls got told their future or, like, whatever the fuck sirens would right. do. So it totally just depends on maybe the person. Maybe it depended on the person. <laughs> Dang. Changing my whole world. I know. Now that I think about it, because I remember in our Mythological Creatures episode, it was like, make a choice. Maybe the choice is both. <laughs> right. Maybe both things oh, happen. Uh, both one, can happen. One yes. of my favorite river spirits are actually the Kelpie, which this is so wild. So the Kelpie appears as a beautiful horse, usually black, but sometimes white or green. You know how they are. And always <laughs> dripping wet. But oh. Kelpie, it's bad news. So basically, oh, no. 
they would trick you into writing them. So some legends say they'd transform into a beautiful woman or a handsome man to lure you in. Others just say you'd be kind of like mesmerized into approaching and mounting and riding the horse. But once you were mounted, the water horse's skin became sticky and the victim (gasps) can't get off. So then you're dragged underwater. And then it dives to the bottom of the river and you drown. Oh my gosh. I kept thinking that was going to happen in Frozen 2 when Elsa was riding the water horse, but she yes. didn't get dragged under. It had her best interest at heart. And that was Thank nice. God, because it really could have turned on her at any moment. Could have turned. And it looked <laughs> dangerous at first, guys, but we made it. Um, wow. Well, I still hate the water after everything that you've said today. And... One person in the comments said, I didn't know about this creature, uh, said it might be a kappa, which is an Asian river spirit, but I highly doubt it was because I researched it because they were green, they had webbed fingers, they loved cucumbers, and they assaulted humans in water by removing part of their anus. So, okay, well, pretty sure <laughs> we can check also, that one off the list. I, I 100% almost talked about them on our episode with Mel forever ago when we talked about the deep sea because i was bringing up some of the myths on that episode of the ocean and i remember i like glanced at an article about them and was like this feels a little off yeah Yeah, i was reading (laughs) about it and it was like they're green i was like okay and they're like their fingers are webbed i was like that makes sense and they were like they love cucumbers i was like who doesn't and then it was like, and they'll tear part of your anus off. I was like, whoa. Oh, holy you lost shit. me there. You guys went crazy. Hard left turn there. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Oh, those Kappa. <laughs> so um, thank you so much, Iffy Carp. That's a really creepy story. And I knew that it would affect Lauren a whole bunch. Yeah, I'm affected deeply. But I mean, happy you got saved, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess we're glad that you're here to tell the story. <laughs> uh, whatever. I hate it. Okay. I made a new Reddit friend. I normally only read from emails, but I made a buddy on Reddit and he had some good stories from a creepy airport that he worked at. So I took one of them. It wasn't Um, in Denver, was it? It was not in Denver. Surprise, surprise. He is going by his, well, his Reddit name is Dada is King. And then I found out upon further research that he's actually a musician and you can Google him and find out called King Dada, D-O-T-T-A. Good chance I'm pronouncing that wrong and sound like an idiot, but I think it's King Dada. Um, So look him up, guys. But he had this story from the airport that he worked at. He says... So I started my new job at Will Rogers Airport in Oklahoma City. And I say new job, but I was really just moved to a different airline and working in the same ramp agent position. Now I have to tell you, I have a crippling fear of heights. And my least favorite part of being a ramp agent is when I have to climb in the cargo bin on a rear loading plane because it's about 20 feet above ground. This particular night was a strange mix of a few factors creating an uneasy feeling for me. The first ambiance setting condition is that it was raining, Mm. and not just light raining, but pouring rain with a few scattered lightning flashes and random power surges. So already just the creepiest. Um, Every now and then we have dead bodies transported in the cargo bins, and this was one of those occasions. And tonight was my lucky night, apparently, because my manager told me I was throwing the plane. Throwing the plane means I was pulling the cargo out of the bin. It was the last plane for the night, and there wasn't very much cargo besides this body. My coworker John pulled the ramp ladder to the plane, raised it up so I could walk up to the conveyor belt and enter the bin. About four other coworkers came over with a baggage tug for the 
baggage tag for the cargo. And I say to everyone in a very loud voice, because the rain was loudly smacking on the airplane, I hope y'all are ready. I'm not trying to be in there all night. And John laughed and said, don't worry about it. Maybe you can make a new friend in there in reference to the body. And I oh, didn't geez. think it was funny, but I chuckled and told him to shut up just to be nice. I climbed into the small and cramped space and sat in the bin as far from this human-sized white cardboard box as I possibly could, and I pulled my phone out of my pocket to find a playlist to listen to while I threw the bin. I find a good one and I start working. The conveyor belt moves at a snail's pace and you have to wait until they scan each individual package so I can't just throw them as fast as I want and get out of there. About 10 minutes in, if I'm getting closer and closer to this I'm getting closer and closer to the box, and my music stops playing. Mm. I've had earbuds that short out when they get wet, so in the front of my mind, I'm just thinking, the rain got on there, and I just need to shake a little water out. But I pull them out, and they're bone dry. I check Spotify to see if it was a glitch or a problem with the app, but I see I just have an unread text. Did I get a notification forgot in the midst of my rap-fueled baggage handling? The way my phone is set up, when I get a message, it will tell you who it's from, but it won't say the message. You have to open them up message was from an unknown number, which was odd because very few people have my number to begin with. Click the notification and all the message says is hi. I send a text back saying, uh, hey, who is this? My phone displayed that whoever sent the message saw mine immediately after I sent and I waited, but no response. Started my playlist back up, trying to forget about it and just got back to my job. Shortly after a crash of thunder that was so loud, the plane shook and made me jump. I noticed the conveyor belt was no longer moving. I yelled to John, what the hell is going on out there? Why did it stop? And John replied, damn thing, ran out of gas. We're going to have to take this load of cargo to drop off while we get another loader over no. here. So just sit tight. <laughs> and I think to myself, well, where the hell else am I going to go? And about one minute later, it got cold. Like I could see my breath cold. And I wrote it off as just a cold front coming from the storm. I leaned over to, to lean on some stranger's luggage while I waited. As I look over a bag to grab, lightning went across the sky and I saw a quick flash of a little boy. He was maybe 11, 12 years old, just sitting on top of the white box that had the body in it. He was staring at me with this eerily happy smile and his head turned slightly to the side. My heart sunk and I froze, never taking my eyes off that box for what felt like hours in my head. I was startled by the replacement conveyor belt starting up right next to the plane, and I darted over to the moving conveyor, crawling as fast as I could, trying to keep my balance in panic at the same time. I hit the ground, looked at John, and said, Nope, I'm done. You're going to have to go in there yourself. And I didn't want to explain exactly what I saw, but John could tell I was scared, and he asked me what was wrong. I stuttered. I walked away, and before I could say anything, I got another text message on my phone. I heard the notification loud and clear this time. I opened from unknown sender saying, hi, it's your new friend. Stop it. And that was how he ended the story. But then people uh, started to reply to him on Reddit and were like, um, excuse me, tell me more. So he left that job at the airport. He no longer works there. This only happened a little over a week ago. So this is super recent. Oh and God. that makes me hate it even more. He has not received any more messages from unknown sender other than, hi, it's your new friend. And uh, he also said that the white box, for clarity, was not a full adult size, but also was not the size of a baby. So it was very in the middle of the size of human it could have been. So it 100% could have housed an 11 or 12-year-old little boy that he oh, saw geez. on the plane. Well, I have goosebumps <sighs> on both of my arms. <laughs> I know. That is I was like, what terrifying. is this story? 
I hate it so much. And he also in the comments was replying to people saying that this airport in itself is just, I guess, really creepy, especially at night when he was usually working. So he always hated having the night shift. And he especially hated heights, as he mentioned, like being up in that cargo bin. It was at night. It was storming. Like it was the perfect combination of everything he hates already. And then on top of it, he had to have a dead body in the cargo bin with him. And when he was just trying to have a moment of relaxation, a little kid decided to say bonjour. Um, bonjour. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, the t- I mean, part of me is like maybe the guy that he was loading with was playing a trick on him with the text messages. That, yes, I thought that as well. The whole text message part could be explained away that someone was messing with him because they knew he was already scared. Um, but also, there's no explanation for why he thought he saw a little boy in there. Because it was definitely just him and... Yeah. Um, yeah, that part and doesn't make cold, sense. But I mean, the cold, yeah. again, it could, like, literally could have been a perfect storm. And, like, someone, you know, he just ended up getting the shit scared out of him. But I don't care. Right. It's still scary. It's still scary. It's still so scary. Yeah, that's the whole thing of it, is that's why, like, I tried to explain every detail so that, you know, you can make your own decision on this story. But to feel, like, freezing cold to where you see your breath when, as I said, this happened very recently. It's June. Like, it got so cold that he saw his breath. He believes with all of his heart that he saw a person and like to top it all off, he's getting these weird text messages, whether they're from a friend or not. Anyone would poop their pants. Like yeah. it is crazy town. So I would be I feel scared just like watching that in a movie. I wouldn't even yes. have to experience it. So 100%. It's crazy town. So thank you so much for that story. Yeah. King Dada. I hope I'm saying that right. You're awesome. And I'm sorry <laughs> that you had this experience. My goodness. Yeah, thank you for that story. Um, thank you for your bravery. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> thank you for unloading our planes. Work. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, no. I. It's also like I, I know it's not like a small space, like, but I feel like yeah. it could feel very small if you're in there with all the luggage and. Right, I and I think that's what he was trying to say. Like, he didn't feel claustrophobic, but he was definitely like crowded in with all the bags yeah. and he only had so many places to go where he could be far away from the box so like he did his best but in that moment when he was trying to like find a place to lean he happened to glance in that direction and still had a confrontation so great well my next story comes in um a friend a reddit friend that i made too who is a stand-up hey. comedian <gasps> love yeah. we love stand up yes we do i worked with them for many years so you um, did. stand-up comedian frank klein who you can actually check out on youtube if you search frank klein comedy all one word that's f-r-a-n-k-c-l-i-n-e comedy all one word we're gonna throw a link at you for you to check him out too um he has a hilarious reddit name um reddit username poo too much <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that's And solid. if it's something that's true about him, I'm genuinely jealous because I poo too little. So Right? I need some of this. I'm either, I'm one or the other. I'm never like a healthy amount of pooping. It's either same, like I same, haven't same, pooped same. in days or I can't stop pooping. It's coming out of my eyes. So yep. Frank Klein is a part of the Philadelphia scene uh, when the world isn't a disaster. And when we're back up and running, you'll be able to catch him on stage at The Mile on Mondays in Runnymede, New Jersey. And on Wednesdays, he's usually at the Tap Room Bar and Grill in Haddonfield, New Jersey. So Frank told this story on Reddit and I immediately reached out to him because it reminded me a lot of something we just recently discussed on an episode. 
And Frank starts by saying that he remembers telling someone the story one time and they said to him, don't repeat that. Don't mess with whatever that was. So, you know, listen and read at your Um, own risk. Okay. I'm really nervous. All right. So Frank says, when I was 10, I went with my parents to this campground so they could visit their friends. They had a son who I got along with, same age. Sometimes, however, if there were other kids around, the son would try and pick on me to impress them, which like that's yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like kid behavior. Yep. Me and the son went fishing and right as we're about to leave, another kid comes and joins us and the son immediately starts picking on me. Not wanting to be stuck on a boat and teased, I decide to leave and walk back to the campground by myself. Yikes. I didn't want to go straight back to my parents because they'd ask why I wasn't with the sun. I didn't really want to get into it. So I just walked on this U-shaped road. And in the center of the U are campers. And on the other side is woods with a lake around it. And at the very center of the U is a small park. Perfect, I think. I'll just sit on the swings until enough time has passed to go back home. As I'm on the swings, I notice a path directly across from me. I get up and I start walking along this dirt path. There are reeds on either side of me and I have my hands stretched out as I walk dead center of this path. My hands can just barely touch these reeds unless I move closer to one side. So I walk for about 10 minutes maybe and I get to this pond, crystal clear water, and I have this urge to drink it. It looks so refreshing. So I kneel down And suddenly the hairs on the back of my neck go straight up. It was like I snapped back into myself and realized what I was doing. What am I doing? Why am I about to drink pond water? Why did I just walk down this path? I start feeling very uneasy. So I turn around and I start walking the same way that I came, which like, good for you. Yeah. He says, let me clarify. There was only one path. The path was straight. I made no turns. I did not walk around this pond. I simply walked to the end of the path, got freaked out about what happened, and I turned around. Suddenly, all types of bugs were around me. I kept walking, and I noticed that the dirt path is getting more and more narrow. The reeds and the tall grass are are now at my arms, and there's a constant buzzing feeling in my ears from these bugs. The path gets so narrow that I have to walk sideways to avoid the reeds. And at this point, he's fucking scared. He yells, help. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, he yells out, help. And he hears a voice ask if he's okay. I reply that I'm lost. And a woman says, just walk straight, honey. I can see you. I see nothing. It's just tall grass and reeds. I walk a few feet more and I finally see the road. I am scratched from head to toe, and there's a woman by the playground asking what happened. So she takes Kleenex out of her pocketbook and starts wiping some of the scratches, and I tell her what had happened. I look behind me, and I see no path. I'm at the same park. I'm in front of the swing I was just on, and the woman looks at me and tells me that I shouldn't even think about it and to just forget it happened because I'm fine now. But she really emphasized not to talk about it. Uh Uh-oh. He says, I've always been on the fence about it. I'm sure that there was one path in and one path out. I guess the bugs could have steered me off course. Maybe I'm being paranoid or something more sinister that nearly trapped me for good. So, yeah, this story reminded me a lot of my research on the Fae because fairies were known to trick people into going places and making them eat or drink. And 
if they ate or drink that would trap them in the fairy world forever. Oh my gosh. And it's insane that he wanted to drink from that pond and had no idea why. Like I have never had an urge like that. That no. weirded me out so much. I have never had an urge to drink from like any public uh no. pool of water. <laughs> you never would unless no. you had been starving and yeah. thirsty for days and you were lost somewhere. <laughs> like that would not happen normally. That is so bizarre. Yeah, so he was like mesmerized. Ugh. So. Well, um, <laughs> he definitely was about to get captured by some fairy. I think so, too. That's what I immediately thought of. But also, was the woman in the park a fairy, or did she know about the fairies? Because she was like, hey, don't Yeah, whatever it was. This. I mean, she definitely was like, hey, just like forget about it. Like, don't think about it. Don't tell anyone about it. I don't know. Like, it's hey, creepy. listen, the fairies have tried to contact all of us. Just, like, <laughs> let it slide. It happens to everybody. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no worries. So thank Whoa. you so much, Frank. Um, Everyone check out Frank Klein Comedy. Uh, Joe and I watched uh, one of his videos the other day, and we laughed really hard. So thank you so oh, much. I can't wait to watch one of your videos. And also, thank you for that story. My goodness. Um, I have a story from someone who wants to remain anonymous. And also, did you know that we have teenage listeners of our show? Excuse? <laughs> I didn't know, but a teenager wrote in and I was so excited. And she wants to remain anonymous, which is totally fair. Uh, I think she started listening last year, she said, and is already, I mean, very easily caught up, but is like, I'm so happy I found you guys. She's wonderful. So yeah, we're keeping her name anonymous, but she Okay, says, but like, tell me the name later. I know. We'll, we'll talk okay. later. <laughs> she says, I am 17 now, but about five-ish years ago when I was 12, I experienced something that I cannot explain. I was upstairs in my room doing some homework and my brother and I were home alone. I had my bedroom door open and after some time of peace and quiet, just doing my thing in my room, I noticed that I could hear my brother was in his room down the hall and it sounded like he was watching some sort of video on his computer just keeping to himself. I didn't think anything of it, but I just sort of noted in my brain that I could hear him down the hall in his room and he must have just come upstairs recently. So a few minutes later, I decided to go downstairs and get something to eat. I have to walk past my brother's room to get to the staircase and go down to the kitchen that is attached. As I passed by his room, I looked in and I did indeed see him on his bed on his laptop. He stayed looking down at his screen and didn't really even acknowledge me, even though I paused in his doorway for a brief moment as I walked by. I paused because I considered asking if he wanted a snack, which is very nice of me, but I quickly <laughs> changed my mind and wanted to see what was available in the kitchen first, which I love. And that's also like exactly how you are when you're 12. So I loved that where it's like, wait, let me see what's in the kitchen before I offer to share. So she took a brief pause and then decided, nope, I'm just going to continue on my way. So she says, I continue downstairs and I open the refrigerator door. While I'm looking for something to eat, I hear something in the living room, which is the room directly attached to the kitchen. My brother and I were the only ones home, so this stopped me in my tracks. I stood very still and very quiet for just a moment to see if I could hear anything again. I heard more rustling, and then I heard laughing, very clear laughing. The laughing sounded exactly like my brother, which would make absolutely no sense. So I slowly walked to the living room on my tiptoes, heart pounding, not sure what I'm about to find. I peek around the corner slowly, and I see my brother in the living room on his laptop with his headphones on, laughing hysterically at something. 
He sees me staring and must have seen that my face looked completely shocked and he most and most likely went pale. And he takes his headphones off and asks me what's wrong in the most confused voice. I'm stuttering over my words because I have no idea how he got down here. And I ask, but how did you get down here so fast? I didn't even see you walk by me. He still looks at me confused, like, what the heck are you talking about? And I continue on the best I can. I say, you were just upstairs on your computer. I literally just walked by you, and then somehow you got down here before me, and I don't get it. Weren't you just upstairs? He tells me that he has no idea what he's t- what I'm talking about and that he's been in the living room on his computer for probably the last hour. Okay. And has no idea what I'm referring to with the upstairs. So I run back up the stairs and there is no one in his room. No laptop even on the bed. The room is completely empty, light is off, no sign of anyone. I stand there shocked for probably another minute or so and then I continue back downstairs to my brother who has his headphones back on and just thinks I'm a complete nutcase. I'm 100% certain that I saw him in his room. I even took a slight pause to look at him when I considered asking him if he wanted a snack. I know that I saw him. It was not even another figure or someone that could look like him. It was absolutely my brother that I saw upstairs. And then she followed with glitch in the matrix with a million question marks. (laughs) I was like, first of all, yes, girl, for saying glitch in the matrix, you are one of us, but also what the fuck yeah glitch in the matrix or that's one of those things where i said you know sometimes when you see a ghost in your house or you you hear something maybe it's just you from earlier right so maybe her brother started in that position on his bed you know four hours earlier or maybe that was like him from last night it's you know it's weird to think about but like maybe yeah, she could have been seeing like that position where he had been before cuz like it was it wouldn't be a weird thing for him to be on his laptop on right. his bed. So it could just be like another Yeah, she another didn't see him, him like juggling. No. <laughs> yeah. She saw him doing regular life things and the fact that he didn't even acknowledge her when she was very clearly like standing in the doorway looking at him for a brief moment like it makes me think he was in another situation where she was not passing by the door. Like, he wasn't seeing her, so I thought that was interesting. Wow. I know. I loved that so much. Because I, like, especially because I mostly just, like, tell stories that we get in the email, and they're very pretty much strictly ghost stories. Mm -hmm. I love to get that one, like, glitch in the Matrix. I thought I had won the lottery. I was so excited. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Anonymous. I know. My teenage, teenage dream. Teenage dream girl. (laughs) Such a fan. Uh, My final story today comes from Reddit user Scuba Ninja. Another fantastic username. (laughs) Love it. And this story should sound a little familiar to you guys. Maybe parts of it will remind you of something that happened to your favorite podcaster. I don't know. (laughs) Scuba Ninja says, a decade ago, a girlfriend, we're going to call her M, Amazon Mouse, moved in with me. But... She gave me a warning. There's a man that follows me. He's not evil or anything like that, but he doesn't like men. That should have been the time that I noped the F out on my own, Uh, but I was in love, and I just accepted her wild statement. Fast forward to a few months later, home alone, M just left for work, and I'm showering. I hear the bathroom door open and hit the dresser behind it. I look to my right and I see a shadow through the curtain. So I jokingly say out loud, Oh, you're back for some bonus shower time? As I open the curtain, nobody is there. I'm still home alone. A few days later, I come home from work and I hang my keys on the hook like I always do and I walk away. 
An hour goes by when I notice that my keys are swinging back and forth and back and forth on the hook. Well, minutes turn into hours as my keys just keep rocking. Finally, M comes home and looks at me and looks at the keys and asks, how long? And I just stared at her as she stops the keys as if it's no big deal. Which sounds like something I would do, and Joe would be like, it's I'm It's literally furious. you and Joe, where you come home and you're like, oh, how long has the light been flashing? And he's like, excuse me? Excuse why me, is, why this is this not the worst thing? The two worst ones happened close together. Again, I'm in the bathroom. I'm on my knees as I'm scrubbing the tub, which, like, good for you, because I don't think Joe's ever yes. scrubbed the tub. Get your life. I'm on my knees as I scrub the tub. I feel as though someone is next to me, breathing on me. As I jerk away, a hand grabs my leg and yanks me towards the bathroom door. And then Why? nothing. Oh, oh man, that just sent all the chills up my body. That night, I'm out with a group of friends. I'm telling them these same stories. And all of a sudden, the light above us flickers and shuts off. As we all look up to the light, my chair gets picked up and thrown into the table. I turn around to scold the jackass behind me, but nobody was there. Oh, boy. Everyone just stared at me with shocked looks on their faces because they just witnessed the man themselves. So finally, it's the finale. It's late, and Em is downstairs in bed, and I'm turning off the lights as I hear our laundry room door close and footsteps leading to the bedroom. My brain is thinking that Em is awake, so I go to the bedroom. I open the door to the sound of her softly snoring. So I turn around, and I'm hit with the loveliest smell that I have ever experienced. It's the smell of my late Nana's home. Her perfume is everywhere. And after that moment, the man was gone. It's like she came into the house and removed his presence. I can't explain it. All I know is that I haven't smelled that scent in well over 20 years, and I doubt I'll ever smell it again. Whoa. What? What a twist, sweetie yeah. pie ending. I know. Who knew that would happen? Oh, man. But, yeah. Also, what in the hell Dude. was happening in that house? That sounds so much like you and your ex's apartment yeah. that you've and me talked and Robin, about on here But it, he was the, it, the yeah. opposite. He didn't like, he didn't seem to like women. Or maybe he right. did like women yeah, and he only upset. appeared to women. I'm not really sure, but, you know, he. Oof. Uh, just to have your significant other walk in and be like, oh, how long? How long have these how keys this been, been spinning? It's like, huh? Oh, just to know that that's the norm. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. But uh, wow. thank you, Scuba that's Ninja. That, uh, that's a very spooky experience. Um, and I think I read in the comments, I'm not sure, I think I read that you and your girlfriend have since split up, um, for which I'm okay. sorry. But I hope that you're happy sorry and healthy and ghost free. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my gosh. I hope you have no more experiences like that because you should not be thrown into a table at any time. Man. By human or ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Also, nobody alive should be doing that to you either. Let's let's get it straight. But my goodness. Thank you for that. So I have two more stories, but they're both pretty short and sweet. So I'm just putting them back to back to wrap us all up tonight and they're both nice stories so i had also told ashley before i was like we can end on a sweet note because 
we need a little light. You know what? Lives, We've actually so. had quite a few sweet stories. Like this one ended with Nana. I was going to say you've had quite a few the, sweet ones. Yeah. The one about the grandfather who passed away and then also the hand that like saved the boy's life. Okay. Yeah. Well, some of us look at that as a nice story. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, good for no. you. You're absolutely right. This has been a lighter night for us yeah. with listener ghost stories, which I think is good for the sake of the world right True. now. So, okay, I have two more. First is from listener Taylor. Thank you for writing Thank in. you, Taylor. Um, Taylor says, I am such a fan of the show and love listening to you guys every week, and I have a really nice ghost story to share. First, I want to say shout out to my boyfriend, Anthony, who got me into Keep It Weird and encouraged me to send in my story. I would love if you guys could give him a shout out. Yo, Anthony. Yo, Anthony. What up? We love you. Thank you for um, um, thank getting you us a, a new listener. And also thank I you know. for being a listener yourself. We love you guys. Hi, Anthony and Taylor. Thank you so much. Um, Taylor continues on. She says, so when I was 15 or 16, my grandma died and I was not very close to her as she wasn't really interested in playing or interacting with us grandkids. So it was much harder seeing my dad lose his mom than for me to lose my grandma. But a few years later in college, I was sitting in a fairly empty auditorium for a class when suddenly I felt the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I suddenly felt very aware. There was no one close to me, and there was no reason for me to feel a prickle up my spine. But I could very clearly feel a presence, and I knew it was my grandma. I don't know how, but I knew it was her. I felt her actually sitting in the seat next to me, and I could even tell that she was looking at me. I felt cool air come over my arm, the arm that would be closest to her, and I could, I guess, sense that she had placed her hand over mine. I then heard in my mind, very clear, her voice, and she said, I'm sorry that I didn't get to know you better while I was alive, and I took for gra- I took everything for granted, but I'm sorry, and I love you very much. Wow. And just like that, she was gone, and I no longer felt the presence, and I was back to a normal temperature. I'm a huge chicken when it comes to ghost things, and I actively try to avoid anything that might even remind me that I think ghosts are real. So this is the only experience I've ever had, and I knew for sure that it was her visiting me coolest part is I actually texted my dad that day and told him about my experience and he started to cry saying that he had felt his mom wasn't with him anymore but she was with me as I was going off to school out of state at the time he had been hoping that she would watch over me and he was glad to know he was right thank you guys for all you do you bring so much joy into my life love Taylor thank you Taylor and that's such a sweet story I know I really loved that and even though that they weren't close in the real world that her grandma actually came to give her that message I think is so special yeah I you know what that's happened to me before uh, especially I think that it could happen to a lot of people you know we are very perceptive people it's just that especially nowadays like we're so distracted I mean there's there, it's mm-hmm. constant we're never just like sitting and doing nothing even when we're right. sitting and doing nothing we have our phone out we have our tv we're listening to music we're doing this we're you know what I mean like it's rare that you're just sitting in yeah, silence. Yeah, the only time you're doing it. that is when you're meditating or you're going to sleep. Like, that's it. Right. Yeah. And I think, because uh, sometimes, this is a cool thing if anyone's ever like, I want to speak to my ancestors or I want to speak to my, you know, the family members who have passed on. Meditation is like a great way to do that. I have been in moments where I've been meditating or not even meditating, but like going to sleep. Like maybe I'm not falling asleep right away, but I'm laying there with my eyes closed and just breathing where Mm -hmm. I've heard very clearly 
like the voice of my grandpa and I'm not Aww. thinking about him and I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, and it's, right. it's a random day. It's not something like he, you know, he died close to this day or it's his birthday, like just random night. And I've just heard his voice and it's just, it's so strange. And of course, yeah, maybe it's just like a weird memory thing, but it always feels as though like I always take a moment to say hi when that happens. Right. Cause just in case, yeah. like maybe, you know, maybe it is him. Maybe they were popping in to say hello. Yeah. And that, that sounds exactly like this situation. Like the fact that she wasn't even very close to her grandma. Why would she be sitting in this, you know, auditorium for her lecture class thinking about her grandma out of the blue? Like she was preparing for class. She was probably, you know, shuffling about getting her, opening her book, opening her right. laptop, whatever. So I... it Doing those things that are kind of like automatic, but you don't have to use your brain to do them. Totally. Yeah. And not yeah. sitting near anyone and feeling, you know, the temperature change. And I, yeah. I totally believe in what she's saying of when you know so strongly that you feel a presence and you know exactly who it is. I think mm -hmm. that is so true. I mean, it's exactly what you just said. Like she knew for a fact that it was her grandma. She was in the seat next to her. She was putting her hand on her hand. Like it, I completely believe in that. And I think that's a beautiful moment. That is a beautiful moment. Thank you for sharing that, Taylor. Um, and then we'll end on one more from listener Erin. Hi, Erin. Um, hi, Erin. She has actually written in before about her spooky college dorm. So this is, she's a second time write-in. We love her. Um, and again, very short and sweet, very nice story. She says, My dad passed away about five years ago now. When he passed, I was given his car. It's a newer SUV and in good condition, and I was honored to get to keep a part of him in some way. When I would drive the car around, the interior ceiling lights would turn on and off by themselves all the time. I'd come out to my car after work, and they'd be on, and I'd go to turn them off, and as I was reaching up, they'd go out on their own. They'd turn on when I was driving for no reason at all, and the radio would also turn on and off. It was just all so weird and strange, and at the time I was still fresh in my grieving, and the idea that my dad could not have passed on truly upset me. Now, I think it would be nice to have his presence around, but at the time, I calmly asked my car, Dad, if that's you, can you please stop? And it did. The lights and radio stopped turning off and on on their own, and I can't help but think that my dad stopped because I asked him to. He felt how upset it made me, and he decided to stop on his own. I've only ever told my husband this story, no one else, not even my siblings that also lost a father, because it just seemed too ridiculous, and I really feel like it's true. A big part of me wishes it still happened now so that I could know he's here, but I'm hoping and thinking that he's moved on and is at peace. Keep up the great work and keep it weird. Aaron. Aaron. That's so sweet. I know. I like that. You know, if you talk to our favorite medium, Amy Goldenberg, she'll tell you that, you know, moving on, you know, going to the light, transitioning doesn't mean that they're not still with you all the time. Totally. Um, And, you know, just because the, you know, the electrical, the electrical stuff stopped happening doesn't mean that he necessarily left. And maybe, maybe if you put it out in the world that you would like him to try again like it might happen i was thinking that too like maybe and maybe you've done this already aaron so we're giving you useless advice but i was thinking that while i was reading that maybe on your next car drive if you do even want a little sign just say it out loud a few times like mm -hmm. hey dad if you're still here could you show me even a little sign anything 
anything like you did before or something new, just talk out loud to him as if he's there and maybe you'll see something. You never know. And maybe you'll see something, maybe the electronics in your car. Maybe you'll see an actual sign. I've heard of people doing that all the time where they've seen like actual signs that answer the question that they're asking. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just be open to it. Keep your keep your mind open. I think I shared this maybe like season one. I feel like this was way far back, but I talked about the time that my great grandma had died and Mm -hmm. we were literally on the drive home from her funeral. And my mom and I were saying like, wow, that was a beautiful funeral. So great to see everyone come out. Like, gosh, she was such a great woman. And then like, as we're openly speaking about her and saying how wonderful she is, a license plate in front of us says Catherine, which was her name. And we were both just like, what? What? Just to, yeah, have the name on the license plate as we had just been saying her name. It just felt like one of those, it it was absolutely a sign from the universe of like, she's here and she heard you and she's saying hi. And it was like, oh, just both weeping in the car. So I, yeah, I think things like that could absolutely come your way and maybe open your mind to speaking to him again. That could be cool. Love it. So that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for joining us once again. And thank you to everyone who sent in stories and gave us permission to tell their stories. We hope that we did them justice. I will edit out all of the times that we fucked up. Oh, man. So many. (laughs) Speaking of justice, like I said earlier, if you hit up our Instagram, you can click the link in our bio. It's going to take you to a mega thread of places that you can donate uh, petitions that you can sign mayors and representatives that you can call or email and links to black mental health resources and links to educate yourself on systemic racism and talking to your parents about black lives matter and it's just really great stuff so if you're interested in finding any of that information it's just the link in our bio on our instagram which is at keep it weird cast in fact all of our social media is at keep it weird cast our merch can be found at www.etsy.com slash shop slash keep it weird podcast. And our Patreon, where you can donate to the show and get bonus episodes and newsletters, can be found at www.patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast. In lieu of our usual sign off this week, we will leave you by saying make sure that you vote in your local elections. Um, stay woke and Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs>